At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show in the Bonus on Fox Sports Radio on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. You know what's interesting, Jay Stu, is that this is going to be played in Vegas. The weather is going to be crummy in Vegas. And um, I, I mean, I don't think the weather is any sort of determining factor as to whether or not they go back to Vegas. I mean, I think once you going to Vegas for major sporting events, once you do it, I don't think you're ever going to not do it ever. You know what I mean? Like the NCAA is going there this year for one, for one region and then they're going for the final four and I, then they'll be in the rotation. It's just such a good event city. But it is weird that here we're into February and yeah, like that's not a dirty little secret, but if you're, if you're somebody who's been to Vegas a lot in the winter, you'd know that late November through January and sometimes early February, the weather's not great. It can be nice, but it's not great. And then once you get to like, like March is amazing. February's just hit or miss and they're going to miss this week. They're gonna miss this week. Why did um, why did the NBA? What was the reason the NBA did a one-off in Vegas? There was there some the, kind of the, violence. The All Star game was a shit show. Yeah, but did something happen off the court that? Yeah, I think caused about, them? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of stuff. I mean, I I could see that maybe derailing things next week. Um, something like horrible happening, without even mentioning what it is, but it's just like. I guess I guess you could say that that would be the deterrent. Um. Yeah, but I the the city has really evolved since then. You know, evolved since then. Um. Hold on, real quick. Let me just see what happened. And it was 2007, and that that's one of the things that that it, it, there was just a lot of other nonsense and. But again, like this, that was during kind of a different time in the league. And it feels like the league has, has changed. But yes, that was 
The All-Star Game in 2007 played at Thomas and Mac, and they haven't been back since. But it was a disastrous weekend. There's a there's an old there's a story you can pull up in the Las Vegas Review Review Journal. Oscar Goodman was the mayor, and he's like, it was a disastrous weekend. The game was great, but it took place, and everybody was hot to trot. Kobe had 31. They didn't have enough police force in the right areas. Yeah, it just, I mean, there was like, there's just too many people, and they didn't have enough police force. And, you know, everybody was stiffing people instead of tipping. And, you know, there's over a couple of casinos got overrun. Like, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Anyway, well, why'd you bring that up? Well, that that's why they might not have come back? No, no, you said that it seems to be here to stay. And I'm thinking, um, I mean, if something really awful happens, then I think they might have to think twice. I mean, it doesn't need to be in Vegas for there to be something awful happening. Didn't Ray Lewis get into a murder beef in some city after in a at a Super Bowl party or something? Or wasn't that the case after the Super Bowl in 2000 or something? That wasn't in Las Vegas, though. That was in Atlanta. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't need to be in Vegas for something awful to happen, but right. it just you throw all those elements into into that city, and something might happen. But your favorite place to stay is where? Um, when I go to Vegas, I think that the the best place I've ever stayed is why can't I think of it? The Venetian. I love the Venetian. Ooh. I said Aria this past weekend. It was amazing. It's great. I've stayed there as well. Yeah, I, I, I give high marks smoke, to that place. Smoke-free, too. Like, legit smoke-free. You know, some of these places are smoke-free that they used to let people smoke in, so it still exactly. kind of smells like smoke. Yeah. That's like from the time it was opened, it's never had smokers in it, yeah. and it's great. Um, do you play slots? Never. I will never play that, and I'm, you're, you're almost never going to see me at a blackjack table. The only reason I'll do blackjack because it's such a, a rigged game that's the worst game to lose at, is if if we're a, a part of a group or if there's a female involved and they really want to play, then I'll just kind of sit down to placate. But I can't stand playing blackjack. Hmm. You can't stand playing blackjack. I, I, I saved, well, I saved my ass, I guess, financially last time by playing blackjack because your whole craps thing didn't work out for us. Uh, this is going to be a good craps week, though, right? This is going to be, it's not going to be like the last time we were there where every craps table will be filled. So now we'll have some fun, right? And then we can go, dollar yo, dollar yo. Exactly right. I don't even know what dollar yo means, but I, I want to bet the dollar yo. You're, uh, you're definitely speaking my language there. Um, Profet, are you a big gambler? Uh, so I've been up to Vegas before. I, I I think it's mostly about access for me. I do like craps. I do. I have played some slots at, at when I was at Vegas. I think I like to learn more about sports betting than I do putting a lot of money down on sports on on games. Unless I really, really feel like I've got an edge. Like I think I've got a really good side to go on for a game. But no, I, I'm not the kind of guy who needs like a bet on every game. No, you can't bet on every game. Or like, or just, you know, just in general. But I've hung around with so many guys like Jared Smith and, and Bill Krakenberger and, and, and Steve Fezzik who have just, like, they've taught me a lot about sports gambling that I just, I, I could probably do it. I just don't. I'm, I'm very conservative with my money. So it kind of always, you know, I get right up there. And then it's like, actually, do I really want to do this? I hear you. I, so I, I only bet on sports my first year when I was I started doing broadcasting, I'll never forget it. Um, I started I played 
pickup ball with these guys at this church. We played a couple nights a week. And one time we're playing and this guy who Gary, who we play with and like Gary's like, hold up a second. And he had to go and somebody gave him like a thousand dollars cash. And then he put it like in a, in a shoe. And then we got back to playing and I was just like, he owed you a thousand bucks. He's like, Oh, he's just settling up. (laughs) And then turns out Gary was like the neighborhood bookie. Everybody's bookie. So I started betting some college games and whatever. And I, you know, like I was an idiot at the time, like four game, five game parlays. And of course, if you've ever bet a four or five game parlay, one, they never come through. And two, it's almost always the last game, right? If you have like five games, the first four you'll hit. And then the fifth game will let you down almost always. Yeah. So I, my, I don't mean, go ahead. I was going to say my dad's kind of been the bad influence on me on that. He always puts me in like these pools for like confidence pools for bowl season or for the NFL playoffs. Uh, I remember the big bet I hit. It was a few years ago. I think it was almost like 10 years ago. Now he was in Vegas and asked me if I want to put money down on anything. And I had seen Michigan State. This was one of the first years Michigan State was really good. And I was like, yeah, in in football. And they were going up against Ohio State that week. And I just, they were catching something like 17 points. And I'm like, oh, God, put some money down on Michigan State. when they beat him at uh, at the shoe? Yeah, they beat beat him outright. And he came back home with a few hundred dollars for me, for my cut. So, like, I'll always be good for like one or two bets a year that I just feel really confident on. I remember that game. Bizarre play calling from Ohio State. Great game plan from Michigan State. And it was windy, too, is why it caused for the missed field goals. Um, so so here's my, here's my uh, gambling story that I like to share, though, is uh, I had a... When I was at CBS, I used to do the Mountain West all the time. I still do the Mountain West some. I did the Mountain West all the time. All the time. And um, I did 13 games in Vegas one year. And did the Mountain West tournament. So I, when I get in, a lot of times I'd do my radio show and fly out and then do the game right afterwards as a 45 minute flight. But if I was there early and I could, a lot of times, the only time I would bet on games is when I was in Vegas and I would throw not a ton of money on it, but I'd always throw a little bit of money on the UNLV game. And the goal, you'd like this Jason Stewart, the goal was to call a game straight even though you know you want your pick to come through to actually financially make some money, but for no one to know. Like if I can bet on a game and no one knows that I bet it, cause, and somebody listens, like, is it illegal? Like, no, it's not illegal. I don't even know if it's frowned upon. No, no one has ever said anything like, hey, don't gamble on games when you're in Vegas and you could legally do it. Um, and I haven't done a UNLV game in several years, so I haven't bet on a game in Vegas. But what I've always liked to do is when I call a game in Vegas bet on the game and then do the broadcast. And I don't even, a lot of times I don't even think about it during the broadcast, but that way I play it straight. Man, I, I had no idea you did that. And I hadn't even thought that that was a thing until you just brought it up. That's amazing. I, I will say this. We all know our gambling degenerate fence. Um, and if, if you don't know any, that just means you are the gambling degenerate <laughs> fence. But like, no one knows sports better than those friends and no one pays attention more to the game that they're betting on than those friends you ha- i mean they have like ultra uh what do you call it? concentration and they know their shit um i don't sports bet at all and 
a good friend of mine that that does like he just he talks circles around me and just sports knowledge and background and because he studies the shit for his uh for his you know bottom line so i guess it would help with concentration if you got money riding on the game you're you're calling totally i think it does i you're just like you're just way more into it there's more into it it's the only it's it's the same thing it does for you like ah, i put a little i'm not you know talking about like 20 bucks on a game whatever but you're just more into it. And then the goal is for no one to know who you have money on. Right. The opposite of the Brent Musburger, right? We used to, when he was at ESPN, we used to always play the, who does Brent have money on? This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Job searching can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, applications that vanish. It's time for a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with help of Express Employment Professionals, and Express helps people find all kinds of jobs, from manual manufacturing to logistics to customer service to accounting and more getting an interview with express can be as easy as a phone call and with just one application with express employment professionals you're in the running for numerous opportunities in your community make your job search easier by letting the professionals at express be your talent agent to find you the right spot on a great team express employment professionals is your one connection for getting a job visit expresspros.com today all right, let's welcome him in. Um, he's the captain. He's in his sixth year playing for his dad, Leon, at uh, Boise State. He's Max Rice, who had 35 points, 35 points. As Boise State goes in and upsets New Mexico at the pit in Albuquerque. Crazy, right? And there's a lot that goes into it. Max Rice joins us on the Doug Outleap Show. Max, let's, l- let's start with coming into the year, right? You've been doing this a long time. Right. And Tyson's one of your closest friends. You're playing for your dad, but you've been doing it a long time coming here. Is there any sense of like, am I really going to do this again? Oh yeah, definitely. Coming back for a sixth year, uh, people know who you are and, uh, going through the process again is just sometimes it gets repetitive, but if you love the game, it'll be worth it in the end. And games like, uh, like last night I had make it worth it. So, uh, it, I think it was a great decision for me to come back, and, and I'm really enjoying the journey. Um, okay, so what's it been like? 
You know, it hasn't, you guys didn't get off to the start you wanted. What's, what's this year been like for you? Yeah. I mean, after, I think I had a really good year last year and, and coming into this year, I think uh, a lot of the teams I've played know my game a lot more just because of of the year I had last year. And and they've done a great job kind of taking away the shots that uh, I feel like I've been getting um, in the past. So, I mean, it's, it hasn't been perfect for me, but uh, I feel like, I'm slowly getting better and, and getting back to some of those shots I've been hitting. Okay, so um, the pit. Now, look, one of the things, obviously, it's probably the most historically significant place in the league, but the league has all kinds of different kind of cool venues. Um, in terms of places you enjoy playing, before last night, right? Like, you, you drop 35, and you're the only team to beat New Mexico on their home floor. That immediately becomes, like, your favorite road place to play. But coming into last night, um, you played at all these places in the league. What's your favorites? Yeah, there's so many good ones in the Mountain West. Uh, I've always enjoyed playing at Viejas Arena. Uh, they got some great fans down there. They're respectful, but they're also, uh, they really care and they're super loud. Uh, the Spectrum, I'd say they're really loud, not as much respectful, but uh, <laughs> super fun to play there. Uh, they got some fans who also really care. And then the list just goes on and on. Playing in Laramie's, I've always Played pretty well there. Uh, that's been fun. And then the pit, obviously, is uh, the pinnacle of all of them just because of the history they have there and, and everything they got going for them. So the Mountain West has just been a gauntlet this year, and um, playing in these road venues for my last time has, has been an honor. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned Laramie. You're old enough. You played before they redid the place, right? Uh, I don't think I'm that old. <laughs> Come on. It's not that old. It's not that it's, it, it just got redone like four years ago, maybe, I think. You, I don't, oh, I don't know. I didn't even know. That's that's that. that's, that's, that's happens when you're this old. You can't remember anymore. Yeah, no, exactly. I've been here too long, but I was, uh, I've been in Boise so long. Linder was in Boise when I was in Boise. So that's we know crazy. Their system and, and what they do. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so previous to last night, how had you played in the pit? I mean, not so much in the – I haven't played that good in the pit. Uh, but, I mean, I, I like playing against their style just because they love to get up and down. And I feel like the more open opportunities I get, obviously, the the better it is. And um, they've, they've lost me a couple times in transition, and I feel like that's got me going. Um, I think that's my second career high I've set against them, which is, uh, which is awesome considering they're a top-20 team. But um, – <laughs> Patino's a great coach, and, and I love playing against them, and, and they, they compete, so it's awesome. Okay, so what's it like? So I, I try and tell people all the time, but you actually experienced it in playing there, okay? So if you had to – okay, first, you pull up. It kind of looks like a Costco, right? It's not, <clears throat> right? it's not one of these buildings you're like, wow. It's just kind of a box that says the pit on the side, right? Is that a, a fair description? Yeah, and then when you walk in, you go. There's a huge mountain you got to go down just to get to the court, and it's kind of intimidating. But yeah, you're right about the looking at it from the outside. So you're in there, and you know they have that big ramp. Now, did somebody get the ball? To, so one of the things that most teams do is you roll balls up and down the ramp to see if you can get it all the way up the ramp, right? Because the ramp feel it feels like it's a mile long. It's probably I don't know. What do you think? How long do you think that ramp? How long is that ramp? I don't know, a couple it, hundred feet long? Pretty long, yeah. Did anybody get the ball up the ramp? 
Yeah, we uh, one of our redshirt sophomores, Kobe Young, got it up there. And uh, from what I've heard, only like I think Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, some of the big name guys that I've seen do it. John Tanjay did it uh, nice. I think last year, and now Kobe Young. State. So. Yeah, add yep. Kobe, add Kobe Young to the illustrious list of of D- John Tanjay and uh, Kawhi and and Kawhi Leonard. Okay, so. And Paul George. And Paul George, and Paul George, right? Which one of these is not like the other? Um, so you guys lose a heartbreaker to Utah State on Saturday at home. Okay, so honestly, like, what's the feeling like when you're warm? You're warming up. They're yelling at you. Give me what was going on in your mind. The the truth of what was going on in your mind. Yeah, well, after that loss to Utah State, it was probably one of the longer weeks I've had, just because. My own, our own media turned on me. We had, I had fans in my DMs, uh, all sorts of just negativity around. Me and Bernie got into it at one point. Uh, just, just all sorts of bad things going on. And I knew going down to the pit, I felt like I approached the game like if we didn't win, I couldn't come back to Boise. Like I wouldn't be welcome here. So, I mean, I had sleepless nights. I, I felt like. It was the biggest game of my career just going into it. That's how I was approaching it. Uh, and it just felt so good to, to have that hard work pay off and, and finally have some of those shots go in, and uh, especially after a big loss, uh, coming off a big loss to Utah State. So so, wait, so people turning why? Because we didn't, we didn't play well? Just because, I mean, it's just weird. Like, college basketball, like, fans are so into it. Uh, not that I didn't play well, I just I've been I've been missing some shots I usually hit. I feel like, and I don't know, they just people. You know how it is. You played in college, just people be tweeting and. Uh, but but I didn't to, have I didn't have social media. Like I knew people were hating, you know, and I knew people made comments. But I didn't live in the era. One, I I didn't live in the era of social media. Two, I wasn't the coach's son, right? Yeah, um, you played for your dad. No, not in college. I played for Eddie Sutton in college. My dad was my You still play for him, though. You still, you still True, but I never – playing in college for your dad is different than playing uh, AAU for your dad. Uh, that's fair. Right? I mean, it's – it's hard. What, what you've experienced, okay, is um, Steve Alford – Steve Alford's dad would say, said this. So Steve Alford's dad coached him in high school. Mm-hmm. And he said um, at, the start of my, at the start of his career, his freshman year, people would boo when I put him in. And then by his senior year, they would boo me when I took him out, right? <laughs> that's like the old, that's like the ultimate uh, coaching your kid experience. And for the most yeah. part, you've had that. But when things don't go well, you know you're going to get the blame, right? That's kind of the way it works. Yeah, I feel like everything I do is amplified on another level. Like if we lose, it's my fault. If we win, it's my fault. Like uh, no matter how I play, I, yeah, I feel like it's amplified a little bit and. I knew what I signed up for, so, I mean, it kind of just puts a chip on my shoulder, and sometimes I play better because of it, I guess. Did Was there ever a thought, like your dad, he's close with Fuey, obviously, being a former assistant. You guys got so many friends throughout the coaching landscape. Was there ever a thought like, hey, what if I just went and played a senior year for somebody else? Uh, I mean, if if he if Leon came up to me and said, I think you're better off to do this, uh I would definitely consider it just because I, I go on vacation with Huey every every summer to Maui, and he was – I don't know if he was joking or, or what, but most of that trip he was trying to get me to come play for him. I don't know I don't know if he was kidding, but I, I, that definitely was on my mind just because I think it's growing up watching the Zags, it would have been really cool to, to go experience that as a player. But 
Uh, my loyalty is obviously with my dad, and uh, I think it's going to pay off this year for sure. Okay. Um, so last night, you're like, we got to win this game or I can't go home. And then didn't you shoot an air ball your first shot? Uh, yeah, I think first or second shot. A little nerves. Yeah. And then they're chanting air ball, air ball, and Snake's <laughs> sitting there looking like he was going to literally tear your, your, your throat out. When did you feel like you got it going? Uh, I mean – Going into the game, I knew even if I missed, I was going to keep shooting. Uh, all week, I saw some stuff like he shouldn't he shouldn't be shooting this much. He shouldn't be doing this. So I was going into the game proving a point whether I was going to make it or miss it. I was going to shoot it. Uh, so you so, had you had these people think about the mom mentality. You had the fuck you mentality, right? Ah, fuck you. I'm going to oh, shoot. Basically, it. I know. Hundred yeah. percent going into that game. That was that's kind of my mindset. Like uh, basically, I'm going to find a way to win this game regardless of, of how many shots I take or uh, just whatever happened, I was going to find a way. When was the last time you had that same kind of approach, that same feeling? Uh, well, a comparable game that I probably could compare to that one was San Diego State last year uh, just because we've had some great battles with them and then they ended up going to the national championship and all that. So that game was top three of my probably favorites and then that pit one was definitely up there. So you win, you drop, was it 35? You have 35, tie a career high. Um, describe that feeling when it's, the buzzer sounds, the people are super quiet, they're walking out, they're grabbing their, they're grabbing their coats, and they're walking out. What's that feeling like? Yeah, that, that's a great feeling. One thing I remember from the game with seven minutes left, I just remember huddling up the guys like, this is the biggest seven minutes of our season. Like this could put us realistically above the bubble uh, and make our lives a lot easier if we can just close this one out. Cause I didn't think anyone else in the league is going to be able to win uh, in the pit just because of how good they've been playing there. The previous five games, I think they won by an average of more than 20 points. Uh, and there's nothing better than, than winning on the road. There's a great quote from uh, Larry Eustacey. I don't know if you remember him. Legendary yeah, coach. He's on our yeah. staff now. Uh, I actually, I don't even think I can say it, but it was one of the most legendary quotes he said in film the other day, uh, and, and it inspired us to get to get that road you, win. What, what is it? You can tell tell me what do you, what do you, what do you say? I, I will tell you my my expression on road wins is road wins are better than sex because <laughs> it be, was something like that. It was something right. like that. I, I, it's it's true. Road wins are better than sex, and the the reason is right. It's that same sort of feeling, only you can actually tell people about it and talk about it for like years to come. Like, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be 40 or 45, have your own kids and you're going to be whether coaching or broadcast or whatever. And people are like, Hey Max, remember that night in the pit? Right. And you can talk about, it, you still have that same feelings where you're not going to be like, Hey Max, remember that night in Boise with that girl like that? It just doesn't, you don't share it that much with friends. Yeah. So anyway, it's like, my, my, Mormon teammate, my Mormon teammate was sitting behind me in the film room. He was like, God, is sex that good? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so, so, someday, so, some, someday. Now people don't know Boise is at 2,700 feet altitude, right? So you're, you're half a mile up, but, you know, you play in Laramie, you know, it's just, it's ridiculously high. Right. And you play in, in the pit. Um, did you, do you, did you feel the effects at all? Like did you, the, the lungs start burning late? Oh, absolutely. And I remember during the game, uh, 
Chabuzo came up to me. He's like, "Ah, can you breathe? Like, it's, it's the elevation is really hitting me." And and it definitely has an effect, especially when you pair that with uh, New Mexico's pace of play. I think they're top five in the country in effective pace or something like that. Uh, so you you put those two things together, and that's a formula for disaster for the road team. Uh, but I thought we did a great job controlling the pace most of the game. A couple bad turnovers. I had a couple bad ones. Uh, but other than that, I thought we did a great job slowing the game down and, and kind of taking away their advantages with uh, their pace and, and the elevation. All right, you got, you got Air Force coming up next, so you got to guard the Princeton style. Then next week, what a week, at Colorado State in FOCO, and then you go to Spectrum, which, as you said, they're not, not that polite, and they're really, really good, and you guys just lost them in a heartbreaker in overtime. Um, okay, so what, what's, what's, let's start with uh, Fort Collins. Um, what's that place like to play in, in, in Moby? Oh, that one's awesome. Their, their students are really loud. Uh, their fan base is great. And they're having a great year and uh, with probably the best point guard in the nation, Isaiah Stevens. That's going to be a very difficult one. And then uh, let's get you calling the game in the spectrum. I, I want you to see that one firsthand because I don't think you understand how much they hate me. It's it's. I don't know what I did to them, but it's actually insane. If, if okay, you so so what so what do they what do they say? What, what's the what's the crazy shit you've heard from the from uh, from the folks in Logan? Oh, they do all sorts of stuff. Every time the Mountain West uh, Instagram page posts anything with the, like me in it, they'll flood the comments with five hundred, six hundred people just saying I hate Max Rice. Max Rice gave me cancer. <laughs> Max Rice killed my grandpa. All sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and then when we play there, they make signs. They they edit me and Leon kissing each other. They find they go to my mom's Instagram. They find old pictures of me as a kid. Uh, they have a Max Rice tantrum tracker. They got all sorts of stuff. Well, hey, listen, the tantrum tracker is better. When I played it against Oklahoma, they had the Gottlieb brickometer, right? <laughs> and so I'd miss a shot, and they'd move the brickometer. It was amazing. That's a good one. I've never a, heard of that one. I like well, that. I mean, you don't, you don't miss as much as I missed, and so it was, <laughs> it was really easy. The first time I get introduced, I get the I get the credit cards thrown at me the first time, and then after that, it was uh, after that it was the it was the it was the brickometer. Um, so Colorado State is just they're just good fans and they're fun style. You guys beat them, by the way. That was your probably signature win before before this one. Um, Wait, let's go back to the credit card. Leon yeah. said you stole a credit card one time. Is that Three. true? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, so I was a freshman at, at Notre Dame, starting point guard. We get done with the season, and yeah, my dumb ass, I was in a dorm room. I was in somebody else's dorm, and I was working on their computer. Right? This is, again, you're trying to tell people this is like before, literally before the days of the internet, right? Where you had to like type out your stuff on the uh, on a, somebody's app, uh, Apple, like, uh, their Mac computer and then save yep. it and then bring it in the next day or something. And yeah, I, I used somebody's first, I used somebody's credit card and then put it back. So like they didn't, I thought they wouldn't know. And then did it like two other times, two other people, and then tried to act like it was no big deal. And then when I got home for the summer, they called me, they're like, um, yeah, this kind of looks like you on the store footage. It's shot from a high. And I was, so yeah, that was, that's why I didn't stay at Notre Dame. Huh? Life of a broke college kid. It's all good. I wasn't. I wasn't. I just stupid, not broke. You know, just kind of <laughs> arrogant and like thought. Uh, uh, people I, like. I remember people also all the time. Like, why'd you do it? I was like, well, because I thought I'd get away with it. I mean, yeah, fair I don't enough. Know. It's dumb shit. So yeah. So then, you know. So uh, back then, it was in Sports Illustrated. It was in 
you know, USA Today, all the front pages, all the papers, sporting, sports, uh, sports center as well. Like it was a big thing. And then, you know, you kind of go away, you go away for a year, you come back and, you know, most people you felt like didn't know, nobody asked you about it. People didn't know about it. And then we go to Oklahoma and we were really like, we were surprised the league. And um, most of my teammates knew something about it. And then I ran out in the court, got introduced and just like 2000 credit cards came raining down from the student section. That's awesome. So did you guys win? We did. We did. Oh, wow. We did win. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, oh, how things have changed. Um, So, 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 uh, um, okay. So you, you, you call your dad, Leon. When was the, have you ever called him coach? Uh, I think maybe five years ago in a game, I called him coach, or and it just didn't feel right. Uh, so I switched to Leon just because it's a good. Or I called him dad in a game, and I remember someone looking at me weird. So then I just started calling him Leon. I didn't really want to call him coach, uh, and I think Leon just sticks better. And I like telling people I'm adopted, anyways. It kind of <laughs> it kind of makes it easier on my life. So. Uh, He's a big. Are, is he the big peanut butter and jelly before game guy, or is that you? Is it? So, is it? Was it a player who turned him into? He's a big peanut butter and jelly guy. Yeah, he his uh, diet is super weird. So I, I, I mean, yeah, he eats nuts a lot. I'm sure PB and J's. He kind of eats like a kid a little bit. PB and J, maybe some Cheetos, some macaroni and cheese, and a, <laughs> yeah, and, a, exactly. and, a ju- and a juice drink like a Capri Sun or something like that. Yeah, maybe an energy drink, uh, a little Red Bull, keep him up. Uh, okay. Um, you are the mayor. Now that you had 35 in the road, you're back to your mayoral status in Boise. Um, I tell people all the time, Boise's the greatest city ever that no, that you're never going to visit. You're like, yeah, I should really go to Boise, and people don't do it, which I know people in Boise are like, don't tell them it's nice. We're tired of you fuckers moving in here. We got it. Um, give me the the best restaurant that you like going to in, in Boise. Yeah, there's a lot. I think Boise is the fast, or fastest growing city the last five years. So people are coming here and, and they're recognizing how, how amazing it is. No traffic, really, and uh, beautiful outdoors. So best place to eat, uh, I'd probably say that's tough. My favorite place is Red Robin, but best place to eat Your is favorite Robin. place is Red Robin? Yeah, I like Red Robin. I don't I mean, know they why. do have handcraft, handcrafted burgers. Okay, so what's the order at Red Robin? Probably a crispy chicken sandwich with some unlimited fries and then maybe like a, a nice shake or something. What flavor shake? But yeah, uh, flatbread. Flatbread's a good pizza spot. If yeah, you ever I come like. Down yeah, here. yeah, flatbread's. A, it's a chain. I've had it. It's really good. It, and it's yeah, in. Uh, it's a lot. No, it's it's, it's a good spot. Uh, what flavor shake? Uh, probably cookies and cream. Solid. Yeah, not Whip, bad. Whipped cream and cherry, or just just the shake. Oh. Whipped cream, no cherry. Okay. Why no cherry? Just don't like cherries. Uh, just, I'm not a cherry guy. It's kind of yeah. gross. No, it is kind of gross when you think about it. It's just a weird. It like visually looks cool, and then you're like, this does not fit at all with yeah, the milkshake. No. It's kind of random. It is kind of random. It's one of those random things that we've all just kind of acquiesced to and decided that it's it's okay to have. Um, exactly. Uh, okay. Last last thing for you before we let you go. In in uh, in your mind, okay, if that's the perfect way to play your last game at the pit. Okay. Give me a goal for a couple of things you want to do here before this sixth season comes to an end. Yeah. uh, Well, obviously 
winning an NCAA tournament game is top of my list. If, if we do that, I feel like I've really accomplished everything I could have possibly done uh, for Boise. Uh, doing that, and then I think just, just making a nice little run here at the end. Every time we play a road game, Leon comes up to me. He's like, it's the last time you're going to play here uh, in the pit, so let's make it worth it. And I think that's kind of been working uh, somewhat on the road. So just winning, winning down here on the stretch and my biggest thing is going into the conference tournament with no sweat. I don't like being on the bubble going into the conference tournament. It takes off a lot of pressure. Uh, cause that's when a lot of teams like to really turn it on. And that's when you see a lot of these upsets. So just going into the conference tournament, sweat free and, and going into the NCAA tournament and making uh, a final mark on that tournament and win the game. Well, look, man, I'm really happy for you. I, I know like you, you do a good job of, of laughing off all the negative bullshit and whatever, but to go and drop 35 at the pit, win the game, that was awesome. That was really, really cool. And you should feel amazing. And now keep it going, man. I, I, and, and I'm thankful for the time that you spent with us. Appreciate you joining us. I appreciate that, Gottlieb. I hope to see you in Utah. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's- at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Job searching can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, applications that vanish. It's time for a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with help of Express Employment Professionals, and Express helps people find all kinds of jobs, from manual manufacturing to logistics to customer service to accounting and more getting an interview with express can be as easy as a phone call and with just one application with express employment professionals you're in the running for numerous opportunities in your community make your job search easier by letting the professionals at express be your talent agent to find you the right spot on a great team express employment professionals is your one connection for getting a job visit expresspros.com today Welcome in Jared Smith. He's our Fox Sports Radio betting analyst, co-host of the show, Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff with Rich Ornberger and Brian No airs each Saturday between 9 a.m. and noon Eastern time. Listen live on any of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates and on the iHeartRadio app presented by BetMGM. Uh, Jared, okay, let's um, let's uh, let's start with some some uh, prop bets. What, what are the prop bets you're on? 
Yeah, so I think the Super Bowl, is as fun as it is to pick a winner, right, and the side of the total, and those are things we usually talk about. I think this game specifically, unlike – it's just a spectacle. It's unlike any other game. You will see props put out for this game that aren't in the market throughout the other, you know, postseason and even regular season games. So that's where you get a lot of professional betters that they're, they're like sharks swimming in the pool and they see new chum and, and, and they go for it. So these are props historically that I always bet in the Super Bowl. They're almost just like staples of my portfolio over the years. The first one is the touchdown prop for the shortest touchdown. It is always lined the same. It's one and a half yards. So basically they're saying yes or no, will there be a one-yard touchdown in the game? And historically speaking, this hits a lot. Like, I look back over the last 30 Super Bowls, it is 21-9 to the under. So that means, yes, there was a one-yard touchdown run in 21 of the last 30 Super Bowls, including four straight. The last time this didn't hit was the Rams-Patriots game, where there was only one touchdown in the whole game, and even that was a two-yard touchdown run. So, again, this is a prop that you'll probably pay about minus 140, minus 154, um, but I think it's probably like a 65-70% chance of hitting. So I I bet this one every year. I'm betting it again. Another one I like in this Super Bowl that's a bit unique is the under on the sacks, uh, the total sacks in the game at four and a half. It reminds me, Doug, of last year's handicap. Last year, the big story coming into the Super Bowl was the Eagles have the best defensive line of football, the most sacks ever, and they were a big favorite to have more sacks in the game. But the problem in that game was they were facing Patrick Mahomes, who's like the least sack quarterback of all time. Uh, another great year in pressure-to-sack ratio, which is one of my favorite statistics to uh, analyze when it comes to quarterbacks that are really good at absorbing pressure, not taking the sack. Brock Purdy actually is right behind Patrick Mahomes on that list this season. So you have two quarterbacks in this game that very do a good job of staying within the offense and not taking sacks. So the total in this game for sacks is four and a half. I'm betting the under four and a half. I think that is a um, fantastic wager. A few other fun ones that I like. Will the game be tied after 0-0? I always bet the yes on that. It, it always seems like you get a 7-7 or a 3-3 at some point. And then another one I like, will there be three unanswered scores? I always bet the yes on that as well. Even in low-scoring games, momentum is such a big thing in these games. You always get three straight. Um, that is something that is hit more often than not in, in, in prior Super Bowl. Um, okay, what about so the Mahomes MVP? That's where you lean? Yeah, so I think if you analyze the MVP market, I, I think the quarterback situation is obviously prominent, right? Most of the time it is a quarterback. But I do think in this case, if you like the Niners to win the game, I think I can see scenarios where it's not Brock Purdy. I could see Christian McCaffrey. I could see Debo Samuel. I don't really see a defensive player. You know, it goes back to a couple Super Bowls ago. I thought Aaron Donald was the best player on the field in the Rams-Bengals game. He closed out the game with that play on Burrow at the end. He still didn't win the MVP. It was Cooper Cup. So I think you you, you lean to the offense on MVP. I think if you like the Niners to win the game, you can make a case for either Purdy or someone else if the Chiefs win the game. I just don't see how it's not Mahomes. You know, you want to make the case for Travis Kelsey? Okay, sure. If he catches three touchdowns in the game, you're not giving the MVP to Patrick Mahomes, who 
threw three touchdown passes at least in that game. So, you know, you get the Chiefs' money line plus 110 right now. Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP plus 130, plus 140. Much uh, better bet in terms of the juice you're getting. So, if you like the Chiefs to win the game, which I do, I think I'm on the Chiefs' side right now. I've still got time to change my mind, but I'm on the Chiefs' side right now. I think the bet to make is Mahomes to win the MVP. Um, Okay, and then who are you on for the game itself? So, in terms of the number, we saw this line open San Francisco minus two and a half at, a, at you know the sharper shops here in Vegas. I, you might think, well, that's a pretty heavy number considering we just saw the Niners struggle uh, two straight weeks in the playoffs and the Chiefs look to be playing their best ball of the season. You're really giving us Patrick Mahomes as an underdog yet again. And, and you, you, you saw a lot of early money come in on Kansas City. This got all the way down to one before we finally saw the professionals step in on San Francisco right at around minus one. We might see this line continue to drift back down closer to a pick But I think right now, where the market currently is, it is today, where it's Chiefs plus two, I think that's a really good bet to make. First of all, you're getting Patrick Holmes as an underdog. Second of all, I I think this number will close probably closer to one. So it looks like you're going to get just a little bit of movement in your favor over the next 10 days. Awesome stuff. Um, Okay. For people coming into SimCity like myself, okay, um, I'm going to grab lunch. Where should I need? Where do I need to go for lunch? Oh well, I think the places to hang out are in the middle of the strip, Aria and Cosmo. I think for people who, especially the ones that listen to you, Doug, the young, cool ones, right? That's your whole audience. I, I think that to me, um, the best place to kind of be, especially if you're just hanging out, walking around. It's right in the middle of the strip. It's right by the Bellagio Fountain. You can walk by. Um, I, I think there's a couple of really good shops right around there, um, especially the sports books. The sports book at Cosmo is really cool. If you're down on the end of the strip, closer to Allegiant Stadium, I like Mandalay Bay. I, I think Mandalay is the best sports book, best spot to watch a game. You just want to go hang out. Um, and in terms of the bar scene and the restaurant scene, in that area of the strip, I think Mandalay Bay is the best. Awesome stuff. I can't wait to see you in Vegas. You're the best. Appreciate you joining us. All right. Have a good one, Doug. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. <laughs> What's up, the Every day this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about the news that the commanders have hired Dan Quinn as their new head coach. I will say this. In 2021, offensive head coaches won 12 playoff games. Defensive head coaches won one. In 2022, offensive coaches won 12 playoff games. Defensive coaches won Again, one. This year after the Super Bowl, offensive coaches will have won nine games. Defensive coaches' stellar year will have won four. This would not have been my choice, but I do think Washington is the second best opening after the Chargers and Justin Herbert. A wealthy new owner, a clean slate there, most cap space in the league, the number overall, number two overall pick in a great college quarterback draft, a very winnable division. Dallas is going to pull back, I think, a little without Quinn, and Philadelphia is getting old, and some very good wide receiver talent. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't buy into the offensive head coach, defensive head coach. I don't care, right? Bill Belichick won six Super Bowls. He's a defensive head coach. Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl. He's a defensive head coach, right? Like we kind of got to go through it. Um, do I think having a, a, a big time offense and a, and a coordinator who, who understands what you have personnel wise and knows how to, knows what he's doing. Yeah. I think it's important. Um, but the, 
the other part to it is Dan Quinn's getting a second shot. And most coaches have been better, better in their second shot. So that, that's the most fascinating part to it for me. And also that he didn't go back to Seattle. Here's Dan Patrick speaking of Seattle, talking about the Mike McDonald hire in Seattle. Mike McDonald is the uh, new head coach of the Seahawks. See, the NFL has a problem here. There's Josh McDaniels. There's Mike McDaniel. And then there's Mike McDonald. I somehow get the feeling that somebody is going to be blamed or credited <laughs> for something because we screw it up. Oh, did you hear what uh, uh, Mike McDonald said? Wait, McDonald or McDaniel? Wait, Josh McDaniels? No, Mike McDonald. Wait, Mike McDaniel? We got a problem here in the NFL. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's – I know he's just messing around. Um, but it's interesting, right? You hire a defensive coordinator and you don't hire Dan Quinn, who's your defense coordinator when you want a Super Bowl. That, that's the only super intriguing part to that hire for me, more so than the name part. Here's two pros in a cup of Joe talking about Jeff Halfley, who was the head coach of Boston College, leaving to take a coordinator position in the NFL. In the article that came out yesterday, you know, he wants to go someplace where he can coach football again and not have to deal with all the other things that come along with college mm. football. So. Mm. There we go. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the reality of the sport right now. And I, I know Nick Saban didn't outright say it. I do wonder if things were different, if there was more structure for name, image, and likeness, if he would have kept coaching. I, I really do wonder that. I think so. I, 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 I lean that way, horrible. too. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to put words in then, his yeah, mouth or play that sure. game, but I mean, that, that's how I feel about it. I just – this – <clears throat> this this sport's so great, and it's such an awesome product when you're in season. You forget about all of this, and then you get in the offseason, and this is the unfortunate reality, is you're going to lose a lot of good coaches who just don't want to deal with any of this stuff anymore, and they get compensated as a position coach or as a coordinator at the NFL level, basically the same as they're getting compensated as a head coach in college. And that's just the reality. You got to deal with a lot of different personalities. Like, it's one thing when a pro is making money because the structure is in place. It's already, you know, how that's handled has already been established. That that infrastructure is in place. There is none in college football. There are structures in place. I mean, I I I know Levar, what Lavar is saying is feels like the, the the truth is that there are no rules and. Like yesterday, the NCAA went after Tennessee. And it's like, wait, there are rules now? Like, there have always been rules. They just have chosen not to enforce them. And the question now is, what happens when the NCAA does enforce them? Do those, do their punishments stick? You know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Because I, I know what all these schools are accused of. Most of the big ones are doing, right? Connecting boosters with incoming recruits, which you shouldn't for NIL, but they do because that's the way in which the, the business works. But yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. And I, I, you guys know I've been fully candid with you, with my bosses, and you know I've had a longstanding desire to coach college basketball. But with every year and every move and... You know, last year when I talked to people about it, they're like, dude, do not do that. Don't stay where you are. It is a mess. 
And, you know, at Boston College, it's a place you can't compete. You can't win big time there. And even just to field a reasonable team, you have to deal with all the stuff that's not coaching college football. By the way, Brad Stevens left Butler for much the same reason. He'd love Butler. Loved it. Loved the place. Loved Barry Collier, his boss, who's now retiring as AD of Butler, former head coach there. Like, he loved every part of that place. But he's like, it's not about coaching basketball anymore. Whereas when he's in Boston, when he's coaching the Celtics, it was about managing some egos, but also coaching ball, and that's it. That's the Fox set. What's up, the Fox? Let's find out who or what is annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. Hey, Doug, uh, Micah Parsons said this on his podcast. I have uh, some thoughts after this. At the end of the day, we were just outperformed, out-schemed. They had an answer for everything. People saying, well, why ain't you go to linebacker? Because they said you could stop the run. Well, guess what? The packages are in for me to go to linebacker. There's multiple packages, multiple variations. But I can only play what it's called. Whatever they're calling, whoever personnel they're putting on, I'm not putting out personnel. I'm not putting out the calls. There, nothing's coming from me. I do see a Super Bowl in my future. I want to be a Super Bowl champion. I challenge anyone to actually go look at the game film and say, did Micah play his heart out? To go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. It took me a while to even be able to show my face in the public. All right, so so here's the deal. The, the way that the, these comments are being portrayed is that he's throwing his coaches under the bus, and that's not a stretch. Um, but I think, Doug, there's a deeper uh, issue with this, and this is the problem with the uh, – what is it called? New media? Is that mm-hmm. what the players like to call it? Sure. New media is this. Um, you might say something irresponsible or misspeak, but you don't have the responsible uh, follow-up question. Like, this is what this answer begs for to me a responsible interviewer to be like, let's go back to what you just said about that. Or, you know, let's, let's, let's go deeper into your comments. Cause I don't think Michael was trying to throw anybody under the bus. He was just basically saying, it's not on me. Um, and maybe that's the same thing, but I think think that's an issue with the new media. Yes. Again, you are correct. There's no follow up. There's no balance to it. And there's, there's also he, he, in an effort, here's what I think Micah Parsons meant. Okay, which is the reality of is like, look, I played as hard as I can. I did the most that I can like and and okay. so what's the reality to that game? They lost that game because Dak Prescott threw two pick sixes in the first half. That really it like 14 points and they didn't get some stops. They were down. The game was over at halftime. It was over at halftime. And was the Dallas defense great? No. Was Micah Parsons a huge part of the uh, of their defense? Like, no. They gave up a ton of points. But they were down so much, it really kind of didn't matter, sort of. Um, and, I mean, look, if you... Jordan Love, those two touchdown passes in the first half where guys were wide open. Wide open. One was a route that they... And the other one, you know, they just kind of schemed him up and... And Dallas got confused, but wide open. That's 28 points, essentially. I think they end up making 27 points out of 28 right there. Two pick sixes and then two broken plays. Busted coverages. That's it. That's the whole thing. So 
I understand what he's saying. I think most people do, but we want to do this. Aha, gotcha. Oh, you're throwing everybody else under the bus. Like, that's not what he said. And I know that's not what he meant. Um, even if he said something that can allow you to take that step, that's not there. But again, the, you're, you're pointing out what's right, which is the problem with new media presenting your old stuff is like all of this exists for a reason. Okay, that's what you're saying, and I agree with it. All of it, like, why do you need somebody who's neutral interviewing you? So when you say something which comes across as, to some as, wait, are you are you deflecting the blame and blaming everybody else? He, his likely follow-up would be like, no. I'm just saying I watched the tape, and I was proud of how hard I played. I didn't play right. Didn't you know? Nothing was perfect. But, uh, like, to anybody saying I didn't play hard, like, what do you want me to do? Play as hard as I could. The other team wanted to win too, but without a, without a neutral third party, without somebody who knows what they're doing to ask the right questions in an effort to make yourself seem accessible and reasonable and accountable, you sound aloof and disconnected. Isn't that interesting? Yep. That's exactly it. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've been tracking this. I have barely been tracking it, but I've, I've read a little bit about it. So Listen, bear with me. Travis Kelsey said this on, I think it was McAfee about his relationship with Taylor Swift. Hopefully everybody realizes that uh, we're just, uh, we're two people in a relationship uh, supporting each other and having fun with it, man. It's, it's nothing more than that. And uh, how, how much the world wants to paint the, paint the picture and uh, make us the enemy. Um, we just have fun with it and we, uh, we enjoy every single bit of it. And sure enough, I, I, I love it when Taylor comes and supports me and, and enjoys the game with the fam and friends. Uh, it's been, it's been nothing but a, uh, but just a wonderful year, man. Now you could say that Travis is like, um, maybe targeting the haters online or something, but I think he's actually targeting something uh, deeper, more disturbing and ridiculous, which is if you Google, uh, Kelsey Swift psyop, um, it's a uh, far right wing theory that Kelsey and Swift are being put together um, by the world order and they're going to come out at halftime of the Super Bowl, I think, and declare that they're putting their vote behind Joe Biden. Um, totally ridiculous. Um, as far as political theories goes, I mean, even in election year, this is really stupid. I don't think it goes as far as like uh, Hillary Clinton is in the... Uh, the seller of a pizza place um, being a pedophile. But I, this is pretty ridiculous, and it's everywhere, by the way. And uh, people are saying it definitively, like it's fact. And it's it's ridiculous and annoying. So I just want to say you're annoying people who think of the Kelsey and Swift psyop as something that's actually a thing. I think it's interesting because you're somebody who you like to challenge authority, right? You don't like to conform in any way. That's a fact. Right. And um, but I, I don't think that comes from a a necessarily political bias as much as that's just, you know, it's like we've lived long enough to not believe so many of the things that we're, we're told. Um, and so what I think this all proves is like, look, you and I have gone after the far left, super, super woke, unreasonable crowd. Now we can go after the super, super far right unreasonable, crazy conspiracy theorist crowd as well. And my point is, was, will always be, most of us are, are in the middle, leaning left, leaning right. 
and I'm a radical centrist because I, I different topics generate different opinions. I don't believe you have to have these opinions that all match up with one political party. That's not who I am. Um, but this story, this story to me screams out the, the far left is just as crazy as the far right. <laughs> um, I, and, and neither of them are good for political discourse. No. When you give the other side a reason to call you crazy, which this is, this is a reason, um, it doesn't do any good for the, uh, the moderates that are trying to uh, create laws and try to uh, legislate and govern. Um, so um, the Kelsey's Swift PSYOP crowd or Micah Parsons and the lack of uh, a follow-up and, and new media. What's most I, I think the Kelsey Swift PSYOP crowd, because there are all kinds of weird shit going on and people trying to, like, what? I mean, I like, what? You are, you have completely left the reservation if that's on your mind. To those people, you're annoying! Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we can. Uh, we talked about this on, on the radio show today, uh, but we could play this part of the sound uh, for our podcast audience. I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this, to be labeled a game changer. Brock Purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Hmm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Man, look, I ain't recanting shit. And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on his team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. Yep. Yes, he is. He is the 10th best player on his team. And, I mean, all these things are things that I, I echoed, and Cam Newton says them. And, and by the way, like, if we're just honest, like Cam Newton, when he went to a Super Bowl, he was the MVP. It was a lot like Jalen Hurts last year where uh, he had a great year, but they played a very soft schedule. Only beat one team, only, only played one team in the regular season with above 500 record. One team the whole year. Um, they went to the Super Bowl and the defense really carried best defense in football. Sean McDermott, by the way, was the defensive coordinator. He, of course, is the coach of the of the Buffalo Bills. But I, I just found that to be interesting. Why can we play it for you? Because we can. Let's get to our pick of the day. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby. It's time all for the pick of the day. In, baby. What up? All in, baby. Let's let's go. Let's go. We got picks for tonight. Um, the over under last yes was I, I gave you the over under of New Mexico versus Boise State. It was one forty nine. It ended up closing at one fifty, and the final score was eighty six to seventy eight. So there you go. We hit the we hit the over. We gave that one to you yesterday. Let's give you one for today as well. Nebraska takes on Wisconsin tonight at home, and uh, Wisconsin's in first place in the Big Ten. It's the Nebraska team 
coming off a loss to Maryland on the road. Uh, they've also lost to Iowa and Rutgers. They were blown out by Wisconsin at Wisconsin, but they are um, undefeated at home in conference play, and I think that will continue tonight. One-point dog at home. I got Nebraska uh, on the money line to win against Wisconsin, who they lost to on the road by 16 points. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Check out the daily radio show or just download it wherever you download this podcast. I'm Doug Gottlieb. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.